Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of Family and Children's Discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. Hey, Ben, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm gearing up for uh, Thanksgiving and the holidays, and how have you guys been uh, doing with prepping for Thanksgiving and everything? Well, in some ways, it kind of snuck up on us, realized uh, needed to make some accommodation plans for next week, planning to travel. We'd been on the road last week with uh, out by the Amish up in Pennsylvania with no reception, but that was nice. So That sounds nice. So, yeah, we actually, we're going to be going down to visit some family, uh, COVID safe, but uh, part of that on our preparations, I just had to get my dog from getting, uh, from the groomer from getting his hair cut. So <laughs> that was... <laughs> The kids were excited to see that, as you can imagine. So, You should just let your kids cut the dog's hair. I mean, I bet they'd have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I'm sure they would. So, <laughs> you know, by the way, with uh, going into December and, you know, the holiday time of the year, it's, it's such a great time to really focus on missions. Uh, you know, as Southern Baptists, uh, you and I are Southern Baptists, and uh, we've probably both been part of churches that have had a big focus on International Mission Board during December, right? Yes, very true. Yeah, wonderful. So, well, I think it's a good time. Uh, we have an opportunity today to discuss uh, more on missions from what we've talked about before uh, with a missionary who's not with the International Missions Board, but uh, is with a, a wonderful missions agency that uh, our church supports. And uh, because of uh, some safety reasons and some just to protect his ministry, we're just introducing him as Stephen. But uh, we're having Stephen, a medical missionary, uh, joining us today for the podcast. So thank you for joining us today, Stephen. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Wonderful. And by the way, uh, that just for note, it's been a blessing over the past couple months, month and a half or so. I've been able to get to know Stephen a little bit, and it's just been a really good time to get to know the brother. So, Yeah, thanks for that. It's been nice to the, that the church has provided us with a place to live. The kids really like it there. So he's, uh, he's making a long commute to be live for the podcast, our second ever live person. He's, he's walking all the way from next door. <laughs> it, it was a lot of work. Probably the worst part was the cold because it's 40 <laughs> degrees, which is colder than it ever gets in Africa where I'm at. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, uh, Stephen, can you, obviously there's limitations of what you can tell us, uh, but can you tell us some about your ministry for the sake of our listeners? Yeah, so my wife and I have been serving in Africa at a missions hospital there, um, and I am a family medicine physician, so that is very useful where we're at because you don't have a lot of specialists, so the ability to treat kids, um, treat adults, also deliver babies is helpful. So I've been serving there in the hospital. Um, I actually have an interest in obstetrics and so have been doing C-sections and help oversee the obstetrical department um, the last 16 months I was there. Um, so part of our focus in our ministry is the hospital there. Um, there are a lot of physical needs where we're at. Um, people will come actually from surrounding countries and 
it just provides a great opportunity in that context to meet their physical needs, to show them the love of Christ, and that often opens up doors for people to listen um, and gives us opportunity to share the gospel. Um, some of those people are from farther away, so it's more of just a one-time contact, but we also have developed relationships with people in the town we live in and surrounding villages. Um, so those are more long-term relationships. And really, our heart there is not just the physical aspect. I'm so thankful that I get to care for people, but at best, I joke, I can say I just postpone death. I can't give anyone life forever. Um, so really, at our heart of what we do is to share who Jesus Christ is um, so that people can know him, um, can love him, can serve him, can receive eternal life. And so as part of that, um, we're seeking to share with people. We're also involved in discipleship and church planting, um, working with local believers to come alongside them to help them in their ministry. And we actually have a home group that I've been a part of that I help one of our African believers lead and just trying to help the people there grow in maturity and um, grow to love Christ. That's great. And I mean, clearly in, in even in America, uh, providing health care is a definite need and caring for the whole person. But like you said, that you have to not just think about their body. So how did you and your wife end up on the mission field? I mean, a lot of people that go to medical school don't want to go to a place like Africa. So um, how did God take you there? Well, we actually were interested in missions from the time we were kids, both of us. Um, had heard a lot about missions from our church. Our parents had read us missionary biographies. So the interest was there for a long time. Um, I think in my life, I was hesitant to say I was called to be a missionary because I had seen um, sometimes friends or people around me who would almost make this idea that, oh, I had to go into professional ministry to be more holy or more spiritual or more pleasing to God. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to serve him wherever wherever I was, and I thought it's just about being faithful to him. You can serve God in so many different areas. But I was challenged um, by a friend of our family. Her husband was a pastor at a church in the area, and she had heard my interest in missions while I was in high school, and she just challenged me to think about it more and said, maybe that's God leading you into missions. That's not a desire that everybody has. So that was really what sparked my desire to consider it seriously. And so when I went to um, college, I was at a Christian college and there was a large emphasis on missions there. And I was thinking about it a lot and praying about it. And I finally got to a point where I felt that was where God was leading me. That's what I wanted to do. Yet I knew that you always had to be available for God to redirect you. Um, but I I remember praying, and I just said, God, I'm going to head in this direction. If you want to close the door, you're allowed to do that. You're God. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to pursue that until you say no. And so then as a result of that, um, shortly thereafter, um, I met this wonderful young lady who is now my wife and found out she was interested in medical missions. And so then we started dating. It's actually funny. The first time we started dating, there was a surgeon from the country we're in who was talking about his work in this country. And so we heard about the place we ended up the same night we started dating. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we, we visited while I was in medical school and residency and just were really impressed with the place we're at, just the focus on really sharing the gospel, not just providing compassionate care, but going beyond that. 
just kind of a series of circumstances that led us to where we're at. Very good. God's good. So, well, uh, and a related question to that, uh, and actually this one connects a lot to our focus on the podcast is we're theological family ministry, and we really want to see the connection of the home in in all areas of discipleship. So, uh, Stephen, I want to ask, how did your parents influence your interests and missions as you grew up? I know you told me that uh, you were raised in a Christian home. A lot of it came from the fact, I think where it started was my mom would just read us missionary biographies. So we read about Amy Carmichael and David Livingston and Hudson Taylor. And we were just aware about missions from a young age. And then they were part of a church that loved following God. And so missions was something that we talked about at church. Um, It's interesting. Sometimes I get that question because my brother actually served in East Asia for a few years as a missionary. And so people are like, wow, you have two missionaries in your family. How did that happen? And I don't think it was necessarily a particular focus that our parents wanted us to go into missions. They were just, a lot of it was just them being faithful to love God, to teach us about him, to show how great he is, to talk about missions. And kind of that faithfulness led us to ask the question, well, how can we serve God and how can we make our lives count for the kingdom? And ultimately, God used that to lead us into missions. Well, praise God for uh, for the environment that your parents did create uh, and cultivate there. Uh, so, Stephen, how is world missions a theological matter? As Tony's just talking about, we talk about the role of the, the home, but um, we often will say that everything's theological um, how is mission specifically a theological matter? Well, I think there are a lot of things that relates back to theology and the teaching of Scripture. Um, I'll try to keep this brief because I'm actually in the midst of preparing a class on missions for my church. <laughs> um, but I think, first of all, you look at the plan and purpose of God, and you see, if you read Scripture carefully, you see his plan was to redeem fallen people, but that wasn't just one group of people. He talks even with Abraham that you know he was going to bless Abraham, and through his descendants, he was going to bless the whole world, and that came through Christ coming and bringing salvation and allowing us to be restored in our relationship with God. So really, your, your desire to do missions and even just the what helps you endure in the face of conflict and suffering, which is very real, is just this fact of you know it's about God's glory and that he has loved you deeply and he loves others and you want others to participate in that with him, to, to know him, to be a part of his kingdom. And so those things go very much hand in hand. Um, for the motivation for missions, that really is God's guiding purpose, if we say to, to build his church, to make a people for himself who love him and worship and obey him. And his desire is to see that throughout the world. It's not limited to just one culture. It's not limited to America. It wasn't just limited to the Jews. He is the God of all people, and he wants to enter into relationship with all people. The other thing I can think, too, is that you know, theology has to drive your philosophy of missions. Um, You have to look at scripture and look at how God, God how Christ instructed his disciples to go about that work, because sometimes people can have a lot of crazy ideas about how they want to, quote, do missions. Um, But really at the heart of when you look at what they did in Acts, it was to proclaim the gospel 
and to start churches and to see people grow up into maturity and then to show love to one another and then just continue that process. Um, so really, who God is drives so much of missions. It, it leads you to prayer because you know people are sinful and they're not going to come to God just on their own, that he needs to work in their hearts. It leads you to rely on God and his word to bring about change in people. It really is at the core of what I do and what we do in missions. That's that's well said, and you, I think you condensed that well from all your preparation. Yeah. You know, uh, it's interesting, your response to that, uh, that a lot of my desire to really talk to you about this. Stephen preached at our church recently, and uh, he was really able to just show how who God is connects to our call to missions and to support missions. And uh, I just really appreciate Stephen's uh, thoughtfulness with this kind of topic. So Now, Stephen, why do you think our country sends less missionaries than even a few years ago? A lot of uh, numbers seem to show um, almost all missions agencies' uh, missionary numbers are going down pretty significantly. Well, I know that it's going down, and that obviously makes me sad to see that because you've just seen the history of America. People in America who are believers take that call seriously. I mean, that's great to have as part of the history of the church here in America. Um, if I think about just kind of in general, part of it is I think it's really easy to get focused on yourself. That's that's a temptation in our country, and we do that in the church. And the more you make your relationship a God, a, with God about you, the less likely are you going to go out and leave your family, leave friends, leave comfort, leave financial security, go into places that are hard to share him. You really need to be grounded on a God who is great. And sadly, I think this applies to other areas of ministry too within the U.S., but as we just have focused on ourselves, even within the church and made it all about us, um, it makes us less inclined to do those things which are hard but necessary to see the ministry of Christ go forward. I think it also relates back to what you were saying about teaching. And sadly, sometimes we we get away from teaching God's word faithfully. And you really, again, you need to be grounded in who the character of God is, his great glory, his great love. That's what helps motivate you. Um, so I think if we don't we need to prepare people to love God deeply and prepare them to sacrifice, to do hard things. Um, and unfortunately, we haven't always been doing a great job within the church of doing that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes back to some of the stuff you were saying about our theology uh, driving us. And so, I mean, it sounds like you're saying that some of our theology has been lacking. And, and I, I think that's, unfortunately, that's accurate. And so if, if we're just focused on how to have a happy life, well, then we're not going to pursue this kind of thing for God's glory. Like, yeah. we were really blessed for the two and a half years we spent. Um, we're on furlough. We're planning on going back. But that two and a half years, that was some of the hardest times in my life. Um, not saying that to pat myself on the back. It's just a reality. And so if you're going to walk through things like that, you really— you really need a God who is great, and you need to understand the seriousness of what you're called to, because if you're not grounded in that, it's easy to give up. Mm. 
No, I, 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 that's a good thing to add. Um, yeah, thank, thank the Lord for sustaining you. So, Stephen, how does world missions relate just to the average Christian family that lives in the States? That t- you talked about comfort, financial security for many, um, those kinds of things. I mean, how does it factor in? Well, I think as a family, if you are a Christian family, you need to understand kind of God's purpose for your life and God's purpose for his people. And you need to understand that your family doesn't exist apart from that, that your family is part of God's plan. And so if you are building that into your family, that it's not just even about us as a family, but we are part of something bigger. We're part of God's church. Um, If you think about it, you know, the church lasts into eternity. The family actually doesn't, as important and great and wonderful as the family is. And so um, you as a family are part of that. And so you need to live your life in that way. And sometimes that might be your family is going. Sometimes that might be, well, your family's staying here, but you have an opportunity to support missions because clearly to go, we need people to support us. We need people to pray faithfully for us. It is, as I said, there are so many challenges. So if God isn't working through the prayers of people, our work there would be useless. Um, And just as a family, you need to be asking your question, okay, God, it's not just about all that happens overseas. It's about God's glory being spread among any people, whether that's here in the U.S., whether that's cross-culturally here in the U.S., whether that's the neighborhood, whether that's overseas. And so I think the family can very much be a starting point um, because as Christian families start to take that seriously, um, that is going to help strengthen churches to take that seriously. And... um, we just all participate in the unique ways and the unique places God has put us to see his plan and purposes go forth. Yeah, I really like what you said there, your family not existing apart from God's bigger plan. And uh, it's easy it's easy to just zero in and what you got going on. Now, Stephen, what role do parents play in raising up future missionaries or future supporters of missionaries, which are vital as well? I think, well, and just as I alluded to, my parents played a big role in that. And it was funny because it wasn't directly saying, oh, you should be a missionary. Mm-hmm. It was exposing us to missions. And it was living faithfully for God. Um, and I think sometimes we can underestimate the power that that has just to live faithfully for God. And so that as parents do that, as they don't just tell you God is valuable, but they live their lives as he is actually valuable. Um, that example helps helps train and prepare kids to go, oh, we should be ready to give of ourselves, to take up our cross to serve for God. It's a joy to sacrifice even financially to see God's purposes go forth because we're, we're building up treasures in heaven. It's not about what's happening on this earth. And I really think it becomes a high calling. I, I think sometimes like in the U.S. culture how we can – diminish the value just of motherhood, for example. Mm. Um, my mom was a homemaker, and sometimes people would look down on that, like, well, what what do you do besides that, as if that that isn't an occupation. And I think any of us who have kids realize <laughs> that's a very tough occupation. Um, but she was just faithful about seeking to help us grow up 
in the Lord. And so I really look back at a key influence she had to prepare me for what I'm doing now. And I know that her investment and discipleship of me plays a huge role in now what God is doing in our ministry there in Africa. And I mean, think about it. That's that's a huge blessing for her as a mother to have poured into two people who are being able to involved in different countries proclaiming the gospel of Christ. That's not a small thing. Um, so I think it's just even helping families realize that, that that faithfulness and that discipleship, God can use that in mighty ways to bring about a powerful impact for his kingdom. Yeah, I remember being at a conference one time and John Piper was on a panel and they were talking about the truthfulness of Scripture, and he was asked, why do you believe it? And, you know, this is a guy with a Ph.D. and all sorts of learning, and the first thing out of his mouth was, because my mama told me so. <laughs> you know, and just the, the role, like you said, that, that mothers can have, that, that eternal impact, that only, you know, glory will show us uh, some of those things, and so uh, that, that's great. I appreciate the, uh, in a very godly way, uh, I mean, the simplicity of that answer, because I, I really think that sometimes with these kind of things, uh, a lot of uh, these areas of discipleship in the home can seem just really distant and really hard to grab hold of. But uh, I, I really feel like that that answer really helps the average listener, the average parent uh, that is uh, exhausted and frustrated in COVID and in anything, you know. So, which is important, obviously. So, Stephen, should parents, should they strongly push their children uh, to consider vocational missions? Do they just put it out there as an option? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think that it's necessarily healthy to strongly push your children into vocational missions. And I guess the reason I would say that is because I wouldn't want to set my children up to think that they were somehow a failure if they didn't become missionaries or they didn't become a pastor or weren't involved in like vocational ministry. I think I remember talking about in college, we talk about this sacred secular dichotomy of thinking, you know, there are some position professions that are holy and there are some that are not, but truly like, if God has led you into an area, whether that's in business or medicine or law or sales or whatever that is, if you're serving the Lord faithfully and being a witness for him, um, any of those positions are a way that we honor God. That doesn't mean we shouldn't encourage people to sacrifice to go into missions. We do need to do that. Um, but I think you have to be careful as a parent because wherever God leads them, if they are serving him faithfully, they are serving God. They have a vocation that is a service to God. So you have to balance that out. But I think it is important to encourage your kids to be open to missions, to help set them up to not think of success in terms of financial security or what degree they have, but to think of it in terms of what they are giving to the Lord, um, to be open to go wherever he leads them, and to be ready to sacrifice even at great cost. And so I think if parents try to instill those values in their children, that will naturally lead to people leaving what's here, leaving comfort here in the U.S. and saying, no, God's called me to another place because of the needs that are there of people to hear about who he is. Um, and it won't make the sacrifices seem so daunting because, because children 
who are raised in that environment will understand that's just part of what it means to be a Christian. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's very well said. I think that's a really kind and helpful response for our young people because, you know, I I wrote that question because I know of multiple cases uh, of one case it's a young person uh, now and another case the person has uh, grown up in, and uh, entered full adulthood and they kind of experienced a time where, where they're expected, you know, it was, you know, if you're not into these kinds of vocational ministry, you're a failure. And, and I think a lot of ways it, it may have negatively impacted the relationships uh, to those areas of ministry while they've been faithful to Jesus. So I, I think that's a really helpful approach to that topic. So what role does Next Generation's ministry play in raising up a missions generation? I think some of it is just the same things that you do in the home. Um, It's just that faithful ministry of faithfully teaching kids, young adults, who God is and what his purposes are and helping complement what's going on at home and by bringing helping kids to understand a rich theology of God and his church. I think you can also provide a practical example of outreach and discipleship. And so, again, it's, it's undergirding those core facets of ministry, of life for God, um, so that kids can grow in that. I think one thing I'd add is, honestly, what I'm doing in Africa isn't so drastically different than what I'm doing here, or what I would do here in the U.S. when I was serving in church. And by that, I mean the context is different. Yeah, we, we meet outdoors, and it's hot, and the kids run around, and people are sitting on mats, and sometimes there's goats that are making noise right outside <laughs> our little circle. Um, so, yeah, that's different. But at the core of what do we do even we when we meet on Sundays, we what do we do? We, we learn from God's word. We sing praises to God. We pray for one another. Um, we, we're involved in discipleship during the week. We're building relationships. We're doing fellowship. Um, those are still the core of what we're doing to help people grow in Christ um, and help expand his gospel. So going back to next generation ministries, like if you're doing those things and helping them understand helping kids understand the importance of these things and the necessity of these things, that's going to help raise them up to value the purposes of God. I guess I would add on top of it, challenge kids to think, could God be leading me here? Place that question. And if someone is willing to submit to God and willing to ask the question where God wants them and being willing to obey that wherever that takes them, um, that could be a huge way that God is leading these the kids of now, now day 10 20 years they're serving on the mission field for Christ well so how can young people now I mean before they're able to make vocational decisions uh, how can they support the work of global missions well one thing I would say is prayer prayer is so essential to what we do in any ministry um, but if you think about it, <laughs> You're, you're in an area where Christ has not been honored and you're basically challenging people to switch their allegiance to whatever idols or whatever false religion they're a part of to Christ. And that takes a supernatural work in people's heart. So mm. God uses prayer. Like prayer is at the base of what we do. Um, so those aren't just token, token things 
that people do. And so kids can be, kids, young adults, they can be involved in that. God can work powerfully for that. In some ways, they have more time than (laughs) we have (laughs) with as adults with jobs and families. Um, So that's one. I think you can challenge um, kids to give too. I don't think God looks at the size of the gift. He he looks at the heart behind it and even the willingness to sacrifice. So, you know, $10 might be a lot for a junior hire. Um, But I think that honors God to see his people give. And I think it's also important time to just even be learning about what's out there. I, I think of, I'm thinking more of college, but learning about sites like Joshua Project that's talking about unreached peoples, learning about um, just the world around them. Um, that knowledge, when you combine it with a heart for the Lord, naturally leads um, leads people to be more involved in mission. So it's a time to be learning because God's going to use that to shape your life in the future. Yeah, I like that's good. Now, uh, one area I, I think that can also be incorporated, both in kids and families together, is uh, is prayer. I, I even think about like uh, in our family worship time, we try to have time once a month at least, uh, at least a couple times a month to pray for specific missionaries. Uh, but with that said, how can families best pray for missions and pray for godly missionaries as well? That's a good question. Um, one thing I think is knowing specifics about ministry for whether it's your church that supports a missionary or whether you personally support a missionary. So people send out prayer letters, things like that. Um, they include prayer requests, and that gives you specific things to pray about. And it's exciting because you can also see answers to those prayer requests as people tell how God is working. Um, so that's one thing specifically. Another is just using using Scripture. If you think about it, Paul talks a lot about prayer. But what was Paul doing? He was doing missions. <laughs> he was doing cross-cultural ministry. And so those prayers there are, are valuable models for how we can pray for missions. Um, I was thinking about, I'm just going to read this because I was thinking about this question ahead of time. And in 2 Thessalonians 3, Paul says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of God may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, and that we may be delivered for from wicked and evil men. And I think that's a good example of some things you can pray for. Um, Pray that God's word would spread um, and pray for deliverance from the trials that missionaries face. They're going to face people who are sinful, who are caught in their sinful ways, and that impacts their ministry. And like I said, there's there's difficult things. There's sacrifice. Um, Missionaries need God's help in that. So it allows not just missionaries too, the, the, the believers in those countries, the people who are the fruit of that ministry. Um, so those are just some practical ways. But really, looking through all of Paul's prayers, they give you an example of those things that you can pray for. That's uh, helpful. And, and I've thought about that before, how Paul, I mean, is the greatest missionary, greatest theologian, and he's asking for this, these normal Christians to pray for him. He, he's not above that. Um. So, Stephen, are there any good books or resources that you'd recommend for parents who want to raise a generation um, that that would have a heart for the nations and God's glory and maybe help to stem the decline in world missions uh, that we're seeing, at least out of the U.S.? I think one thing that's helpful is just there's a lot of good missionary biographies written for a whole different set of age ranges. And so I would encourage people 
Christian parents, first of all, to read biographies to kids. Like, take some time doing that because people, kids, as they hear that, as they hear the sacrifices people have made before them, they will be challenged to serve the Lord. There's a book called Window, Window to the World. It's made by Operation, the same company that does Operation World, that prayer guide to missions. They do a book for kids that talks about different people groups. And my wife has used that for our kids at times and ex- exposes you to different people groups and what their specific culture is like and specific needs they have spiritually. So that can be a good example. Um, there's a video series made by Tim Kesey called Dispatches from the Front. I he, love that. I love that. You've series. seen it. It's it's great. And so it's like he goes to different visit different missionaries in the organization that he's a part of, and you get to see what ministry is going on there. And that that's something that's really valuable, just to challenge as someone's a little bit older, um, just to see what ministry is like. Um, obviously, emphasize the Bible. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> um, thinking of other things. Joshua Project talks a lot about unreached people groups. I know there's other books out there, um, but there are a lot of good resources to help help kids understand and to bring it down to the level of understanding of a young adult or a child to understand what's going on in the world um, and the needs that are there. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, I, I want to say on the dispatches from the front, he, that especially does a good job even of like – Going into some of the ways that uh, God is working in in countries where it's very hard, or even around legalities, to get the gospel out. So it's just really cool to see God's work in that. And uh, I think some of the teens that we've shown that to are really blessed by that. So just to add that to what Stephen said, I think in that video, and even just reading biographies, what happens by that exposure is kids can also see the variety of ways that they can serve God. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you think of missions and you think, oh, you have to be a pastor or maybe a doctor. But there's actually a lot of things that you can do that are immensely valuable for the kingdom of God. And I remember seeing that in dispatches from the fronts or when you read these biographies, it can help kids to have this, almost this generate some creativity to think, oh, God has given me a unique skill set. He's given me unique experiences. He's given me unique interests. And he gave those to me so I can serve his kingdom. And so if you help help encourage that creativity, um, you don't know where God is going to lead that 15, 20 years down the road. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was having a conversation this summer with a friend who was talking about how he thought teenagers needed to be pushed towards certain vocations or just things that would open up opportunities for people um, that maybe they wouldn't even have really considered. Like, you, I mean, we think typical, you know, pastor, mich- uh, missionary, or even a doctor, that kind of thing for missions. Um, but he, he was talking in some other realms, but I think it's it's very wise um, to, to try to mobilize people and, and just get them thinking outside the box a little bit. So, well, uh, as a final question, Stephen, how can listeners support your missions organization? If uh, you can't answer this, uh, perhaps you can uh, give some ways that uh, listeners can be more supportive of missions in general. Well, I'll keep that more general just for some security purposes. I think one thing I would encourage people is to look carefully at the organizations and missionaries that they're supporting. Um, 
not saying being overly critical or overly judgmental, but look for places, look for look for people, look for organizations that are very much committed to God's word, that are committing to proclaiming the gospel, um, and even that are committing to seeing the church established, because sometimes it can be easy in missions to just do social work or to share the gospel, but to go the full step of planting churches and discipling believers so that they can reproduce um, those things are so important. So to look for that and financial support is important, prayer is important. I'd also encourage people maybe develop a relationship with a missionary or missionary organization where you could use your gifting sometimes in short-term missions, but not just as like a one trip so you can come back and tell about all the great things you did, <laughs> but <laughs> but look for a place where your skill set is needed and maybe a place that you can go to multiple times. Um, I think our organization is blessed by people who will come with medical skills, with construction skills, with teaching skills. Um, and sometimes this isn't just long-term people. This is people who will come back for a few months at a time every couple of years. And so it's a great way that they are involved in our ministry and really invest in what's going on in the work of the gospel. That's great. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on to discuss this topic with us, Stephen. Uh, I think you provide some really helpful and great insight. Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun discussing this. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So, now, listeners, you'll be listening to this a little bit after Thanksgiving, Lord willing. Uh, so uh, make sure to enjoy your uh, leftovers, you know, uh, with the way things have had to change this year for Thanksgiving. You might have a lot of those leftovers. <laughs> But, uh, you know, maybe give them to uh, a missionary in furlough, perhaps. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening and God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.